Hello there, and welcome back to the Film Score Podcast. Got a quick little bonus episode for you as we head into the BAFTAs and the Oscars. I know a lot of people don't really like awards season, especially from the film music perspective. Not only do you not really have film music people voting on these awards, but obviously there's all sorts of classic complaints. You could say that it's all politics, or the best scores aren't even nominated, let alone win. And of course, so much of it is momentum-based. We see time and time again one score sweeping really all the major awards. Very possible that it happens here. And yet with all that pretty valid I still quite like it, and I like it from the film music perspective because it's a rare time where the spotlight is actually on film music, as well as so many other otherwise behind-the-scenes aspects of film. And yes, you could say your favorite score, what you think is the best score, might not even be up, but you should be excited that For this brief moment, film scores are in the mainstream. Now, the BAFTAs are airing on February 18th, and the Oscars on March 10th. Between the two, there's only seven different nominated scores. There's three scores nominated for each, and that's Killers of the Flower Moon by Robbie Robertson, Oppenheimer by Ludwig Göransson and Poor Things by Jerskin Fendrix. The other two rounding out the BAFTAs are Saltburn by Anthony Willis and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse by Daniel Pemberton. Meanwhile, the other two rounding out the Oscars are American Fiction by Laura Karpman and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny by John Williams. For Robertson... I think this marks his first BAFTA nomination and his first Oscar nomination. And I believe he's the eighth posthumous score nominee, I believe. I won't be offended if you fact-check me and I end up being wrong. And his score for Killers of the Flower Moon is great. He really upends and subverts the typical Western sound. And... That's, of course, because so much of this is coming from the perspective of the Osage tribe, but also having this modern lens. So some of the sound is very indigenous, some of it is very modern and anachronistic, and yet it fits really well. It gives a a voice of glory and a voice of rage to the indigenous folks in the film as they're slowly, maliciously overwhelmed by all these interlopers. For Ludwig Göransson, this is surprisingly his first BAFTA nomination, and it's his third Oscar nomination. Of course, he has one win a few years back for Black Panther. I think it's safe to say that his score's the favorite to win for both. I'm hoping this isn't another year where... One score seems to win everything. He picked up the Golden Globe already and really has momentum on his side. But all that said, 
is a score I really liked. It's wall-to-wall sound. Very, very constant music in the film. And normally I don't like that, but with Oppenheimer, it really propels the film forward, gives it a real pace, and makes everything even more edge-of-your-seat gripping. The other thing it does is, when Ludwig pulls back and there's silence, that silence hits even more. Now for Jurskin Fendrix, this is his first feature score, and with it he's landed, of course, his first nomination both for the BAFTAs and the Oscars. Really, really impressive debut. For the film itself, this feels like the only possible score that could have fit. After seeing the film, you can't really imagine anything else. It's such a bizarre world that Yorgos Lanthimos, the director, has created. Strange characters, machinations, hybrid creatures, and it requires something equally out there and unorthodox. Fendrix nailed it. One that went under the radar for a while was Anthony Willis's score for Saltburn, which managed to land a BAFTA nomination. It's only his second nom. The first was for Promising Young Woman, also a film directed by Emerald Fennell. And I think this is the better of the two scores for him. It gives him more room to work with, more genres to play around. I think the most striking piece is in the very beginning, he has an arrangement of Handel's Zadok the Priest, which sets the groundwork for the world we're going to walk into. And rounding out the BAFTAs is Daniel Pemberton's score for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Candidly, I would have put a lot of money on this being nominated for the Oscar as well. It's such an incredible score. Pemberton is able to do so much with so many different genres, mixing them together, jumping between them within individual cues. It's an experiment that shouldn't work and yet does really well. So I'm shocked that it's only nominated for the BAFTA. It's Pemberton's second for film, fifth overall. For the Oscars, Laura Karpman has her first Oscar nomination for American Fiction. I think it's only the fifth nomination for a woman at all in dramatic score. I want to say the, the first since Hilder was nominated and then won for Joker five years ago. Really wild. This is a great score. It's a ton of fun. Cartman has jazz roots. She often injects those elements into other scores. Watch, you hear the marvels. You might pick up on it. American fiction lets her take jazz to the forefront and have a lot of fun. I talked to her about this a couple months ago, and you can see and you can tell, and it's obvious just how much she enjoyed doing it, and it comes through in the music. The last Oscar-nominated score is a little-known composer, John Williams, for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Williams was nominated actually for the first three Indiana Jones movies as well, and this is his 54th 
nomination overall. He's won five times, the most nominated musician in history, and currently, unsurprisingly, the most nominations for any living person. I think Dial of Destiny is a hard score to really think about because with a series like this that has so many iconic themes and pieces of music and cues, those build up and find their way into this score as well. And so it automatically benefits from how good the past music is and our personal connections to it. So it's really difficult to strip that away and look at it on its own in a vacuum. What I will say is, in my view, Helena's theme, beautiful. The best, one of the best of the year. Really lush, romantic. That's the type of theme that they don't really make anymore. Now, if you want to know a little more about at least some of these scores, I've done interviews on four of the seven. Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, American Fiction, and Across the Spider-Verse. So, seek those out as well. One of these days, I'll get Ludwig on, Williams on. Fingers crossed, I know. But, stranger things have happened. Now, happy listening. <laughs>